Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. You can't not be engaged in a dialectic because the questions are both engaging and like kind of just mildly frustrating enough so that you want to get the answer. You can feel that. This is what asking good open-ended questions will produce. Do that with your employees. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. In the last episode, we started what could be called a metaphysical dialectic on consciousness. We established that consciousness requires an awareness of self because reality and our perception of it are not always the same. Today, we'll clarify the kind of meta-perception you have to have to be able to identify the gap between your story about reality and what's really going on, and how the way you're conditioned clouds your perception. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. So I have a a metaphysical dialectic in mind today. And if that's not enough to confuse most people, then I can come up with some other really fancy words. Yes, a metaphysical dialectic. If you don't know what that is, well, you're about to experience that. But before I launch into that, of course, you guys always come first. Anything anybody wants to work on, bring, ask, I guarantee you will probably be able to fit it into the metaphysical dialectic. But speak now or forever hold your peace. I love that phrase. Speak now. We don't talk that way anymore, you know? English has gotten so casual. American English. British English still has, has a little bit more of a formal edge to it, a little bit. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Forever. I will speak. Great. How do you hold your peace anyway? What does that mean? Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) I don't know. What does that mean, to hold your peace? I always imagine when I got married, someone would be coming running in at that moment. Well, because that's, yeah, that's what you're asking for. And that it's such a final, absolute statement. Someone's going to be like, I got to talk. I can't forever hold my peace. Whatever that is, I can't do it. (laughs) Hold your peace. Might be something a gun owner would say, but I'll just... Yeah, yeah. The thing I'm dealing with now, like there's a lot of really good stuff going on. I'm discovering again that a lot of the things that we have said the way we do things aren't being done. The question is, how do you balance the need to like fix that right now without overwhelming the team when I came in? I came in really hard. We need to improve these things and this is what we're working on. Some of it worked, some of it didn't. So how do you balance the need to change things quickly without, I know I heard through the grapevine that the team felt like they're being picked on, that uh, this is how they were taught. 
and it wasn't it, it was a piss poor experience for them and maybe they needed that but the the last like question i have to this entire turnaround to jub is making sure that we're doing the work that the way that i think we should be i really want to come in and be like okay here are the 10 things i saw we're fixing this all today as opposed to what i'm finding is a lot of them weren't trained on the way that I train people to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to balance like that need to make it happen quickly versus doing trainings every week. So we're bringing them up to speed. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I have no idea if that fits in with what you're talking about before I jumped on. So That's fine. You guys always come first. The first thing that comes to mind is that uh, to engage them more in the decision-making process. So to say, here are the 10 things that need to be fixed. You guys tell me what timeline you want to have to execute that. Okay. And then see if that's acceptable to you. So that way they own the commitment. I mean, it's really an authority projection thing, right? That you're, you're sort of heading off at the pass. Like, here are the 10 things I see as needing to be fixed. Do you agree? Right? So you're, under, you're making the authority slope a little less steep. Yeah. It's like, this all has to be fixed today. Uh, Here's 10 things I see. What else do you see? What's the timeline you can use to... And you're, of course, going to be... You're not just going to accept whatever they say, but you're going to involve them more. That, I think, can help to undermine the head nodding and then they go away and gossip about you behind their back thing, which is authority projection behavior. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Involve them in it a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just involve them as much as you can, and you know, get your gaining agreement. You're gaining gaining consensus is a little bit uh, extreme because you're not operating in a consensus based environment. But you know, you always want to gain as much consensus as is possible. There's a great chart in a book called um, "How to Make Collaboration Work" that shows layers of um, Decide and announce is the least involvement of your employees and consensus is the most involvement. Consensus meaning you don't make a decision unless everybody is uh, in agreement. That's a non-hierarchical structure, right? But in between decide and announce, the most dictatorial phase or mode and consensus, there are lots of different levels. So like, if I remember the chart right, from decide and announce below that is gather input and decide, right? So at least you're asking for input, but you're still going to decide, right? You guys already do this. You know, you ask questions, you ask for opinions, and then you make the decision. Below gather input and decide is, um, that would be delegating a team to decide, probably. Uh, I can't remember them all right now, but you get the idea. You know, it's a moving kind of uh, slider for how much you involve the people. And the argument the book makes is the more you involve people, the greater engagement you're going to have, the greater commitment you're going to have, the better follow-through you're going to have. But to gain more consensus takes more time and energy. Right? But the argument of collaboration, of consensus-based collaboration is, yeah, it takes a lot more time to get everyone to agree. But once you agree, the time for implementation is really quick because there's no people dragging their feet. 
On the other hand, the argument for decide and announce is you make the decision really fast, but then the execution can take time because you're having to get people on board with the decision you've already made. You see, so those are the factors you're balancing. I definitely agree with you want to have as much consensus as is possible, but total consensus in business is usually not feasible. Just because people don't have your bottom rung employees don't generally have the information to be able to make the kind of decisions, the best possible decisions. But consider, you know, how can you involve them as much as possible? Ask questions, educate. You know, it's like when think about it this way, like when you make a significant financial decision in the business, closing a product line, you know radically changing the menu or whatever it is, when you do that and you explain to everybody why that is, if you explain it to them, do they get it? Right? You lay off you know, a third of your workforce and you say, our gross profits are blah, blah, blah. Do they get it? If they did understand financial dy- dynamics and knew how to read a P&L, would they be more engaged? You see what I mean? So a leader is always having to balance this I have limited resources, especially time. I can't spend six months educating people about financial dynamics so that when I explain why we've made a tough decision, the, they get why and all the ins and outs of that. Right? Sure would be nice though. right? So just to see that the information and understanding leads to that kind of engagement. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks for the question. Anything else? What's a dialectic? Let's experience what a dialectic is. What is consciousness? And I promise this is going to be relevant to what you do and who you are, but it's going to start quite metaphysical. And when I say consciousness, I, I, I mean awareness. And because uh, both of those terms get used in Zen to describe the substance of reality. And that's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is consciousness like aware, like and you say so and so is a really conscious person, but that person's really aware, as distinct from intelligence, right? Because I think it's sort of intuitive that intelligence and consciousness are different things. Someone can be highly intelligent, very learned. There's a formal kind of pronunciation, maybe a learned, a learned man. So someone can be learned, educated, even intellectual, but not conscious. What is consciousness? What is that? The attunement with reality. Okay. First up for bid, the definition, attunement with reality. That's nice. Okay. Someone who is attuned with reality. Attuned in what way? Uh, Aware, which Mm -hmm. is self-referencing, so that's not allowed in this. Well, we're defining consciousness. That's the word. So aware is fair game. They're aware. Aware of what? Aware of everything. <laughs> aware of everything. There's no gap in their awareness whatsoever. Yeah, their impact on others, their impact, their you know, their the, the the distinction between their thoughts and reality, like what's what's real and what's their projection and their thoughts and all that. So that I guess distinct thought distinctions would be part of it. An aware conscious person is going to be aware of a belief that they're actually having a belief versus experiencing something just that is. Ah, uh-huh. so they can distinguish between a belief 
or a story they have about reality and reality itself. Yes. That's okay. That's nice. Kurt, what were you going to say? Oh, something much more simple. Say it, uh, say it anyway. Maybe it's not simple. It's awareness of one's, of yourself, of oneself. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a way of summing it up. Very good. Yeah. Because it requires, so what we're saying here is that whereas intelligence does not seem to require awareness of oneself, at least not in the same way, it can be very learned, but not necessarily very self-aware. Consciousness requires awareness of self. Consciousness requires awareness of self because why? And we're sort of talking about the governing dynamic of consciousness. Can you, can you repeat that question? I'm not sure. A consciousness re- require What is the governing dynamic of consciousness? Consciousness requires self-awareness because why? Reality and our perception of it are not always the same. Okay. Yes. And so what is the quality of being or the ability, what conditions have to be present? So that a human being can distinguish between reality and their story about reality. Consciousness. Yes. <laughs> but what's the possibility the- that that's the case? Mm, the, indeed. The understanding that the way they're perceiving something may not be reality in, in any given instance. And what allows them to entertain that possibility? Presence. Sure. I think we're also talking about awareness, not just of self, but of others, of, of that which is outside of oneself. Mm-hmm. Now, there's lots of different ways we could take this. I'm specifically sort of guiding this into a very distinguished, nitty-gritty, moment-to-moment kind of quality of being in mode of operating. What does it take, back to what Jamie said, to be able to entertain the possibility and pay attention to the gap between one's story about reality and reality itself. I want to say like meta and intentionality. Meta is a really key word. What's, what intentionality would you be talking about? Well, the intention of looking for that. Mm, caring about it, having the value of it. Giving a shit. <laughs> yes. And, and hunting it down, I think, to some degree. Like... Asking where is reality not lining up with my perception of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we are uh, neck deep in a dialectic. A dialectic is the investigation or discussing or exploration of the truth of opinions and the inquiry into metaphysical contradictions and their solutions and that kind of stuff. In uh, most law schools, this is how teaching happens. I learned this mode of teaching. I use dialectics very often. Uh, I learned it from uh, a former law school professor who well, I worked in my high school. I was privileged to learn from, and I've had a bunch of teachers who use it. So you'll notice how much it's making you think. You can't not be engaged in a dialectic because the questions are both engaging and like kind of just mildly frustrating enough so that you want to get the answer. You can feel that. Do that with your employees. This is what asking good open-ended questions will produce. You want to give them questions that are just hard enough where they're like, where it's like one of those pistachios where the opening's too small and you just kind of like, I want to get it, like that. 
I call those frustratios. <laughs> I made that. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.